PFF NFL Daily, where Tom Brady is back. That's right. It took only 40 days, but Brady is back in the NFL. He is now unretired and just in time for free agency. And uh, once again, reshaping the entire landscape of the NFL. So no longer do we have to figure out what the Bucks are going to do at quarterback. They have that figured out. And now the question is, after franchise tagging Chris Godwin, how do they fill their three starting remaining spots on the offensive line? You know, fill a couple holes on the defensive side of the ball. Brady's back and the Bucks are back as contenders now in the NFC. Yeah, we heard the uh, we heard Jason Light, the GM at the Combine, say that they left the light on for Tom Brady. They weren't closing the door. They left the light on, and Brady found his way home, right? All it took <laughs> is one, one afternoon sitting on the bench watching Cristiano Ronaldo at 37 years old or whatever he is, buying a hat trick against Spurs. One day sitting on, in the bleachers, and Brady was like, to hell with this. I'm getting back on the field where I belong. Um, it, I... I thought there was a real chance that once we got to August or July, Brady would start to get a little bit twitchy and start, you know, thinking twice about that decision to retire. I didn't think we would make it to March, mid-March, March the 13th, before he was just like, nope, I'm back. To hell with this. I'm only going to be 45 once. Let's give it a shot in the NFL. <laughs> only going to be so, 45 once, you know. What yeah. else would you do? So, yeah, I mean, Brady's back. And I'm all for it, frankly. He couldn't wait till August because he would have had to. You got to. You got to train for the season. You know, as you get older, training is more important. We know Tom loves to do that. So, uh, look, big part of the story when he did retire was like, you know, he said he was going to play till he was forty-five. He said he would never stop playing until he sucked. Right, but last year ninety-one point seven PFF grade, just edged out by Joe Burrow. For so he ends up as number two graded PFF quarterback, number one most valuable player in the league last year, and. You know, essentially going out close to being on top, not not as far as winning the Super Bowl, but as far as how well he played. So I'm sure that was itching at him as well. And uh, it, in, I, I thought it was going to be OTAs, Sam. I thought it was going to be like, where, where's my OTA schedule? I'm skipping it this year anyway. But where's my schedule? Where's you know, where what am I supposed to report? Where's my report date? But um, he's back already. So uh, look, it, it once again changes the landscape of the NFC. It looked like the balance of power is really shifting to the AFC. Russell Wilson's over in the AFC West now. But Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers. Let's not sleep on the Rams, the defending champs. Let's not sleep on the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Um, Deshaun Watson could be the quarterback of an NFC team by the time you're listening to this. Who knows? Uh, so the NFC, it's still going to be competitive, and the Bucs immediately right up there with the Rams and the Packers probably as the best teams in the league just because of Brady. Yeah, and look, critically, he's done it early enough in the offseason that they can still make some moves and figure out how to put a team around him, right? If he had waited until late July or August, the, the stage would be set, and anything anybody that was going to leave had, would have already left. There would have been very little opportunity to sort of put pieces around him once he'd walk back in the building. Now he's done it before free agency, so anything they want to do to try and put some players around him, and, you know, they do need to actually put some players around him right now, can happen, right? They've got to move quickly, but he's given them enough time to make those moves. So number one is Ali Marpet, still retired, right? Ali Marpet walks away from the game in his prime, um, you know, the top of his game, really playing incredibly well for Tampa Bay. You know, Tom Brady may be on the phone and saying, look, if I can give it one last go at 45, you can definitely drag yourself back here for one more year <laughs> at, you know, 15 years younger than that. So maybe Ali Marpet doesn't retire. Um, maybe they can tempt one of the free agents uh, of Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa, the, the sender and the right guard, 
Maybe Brady can tempt one of those guys to come back. Maybe he can tempt them both to come back. Remember, last year, their biggest achievement in the offseason was everybody came back. Everybody wanted to be a part of the Tom Brady going for a ring thing again, having just won one. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of magic he can work this time around with shorter notice and with everybody assuming this wasn't going to happen. The thing that I think might be different this year, though, Sam, instead of just getting the band back together, which would take a lot of work, we're talking about Gronk. We haven't heard anything from him. Is he going to be coming back? Technically, he's a free agent. Uh, defensive side of the ball, cornerback Carlton Davis, he's a free agent. couple guys on the defensive line, Adamican Sue, William Golston, Jason Pierre-Paul, safety Jordan Whitehead. Maybe it's not going to be get everybody back anymore. Whitehead's probably going to make some money elsewhere. I mean, there are guys that are – these guys are going to be covered on the open market. But the Bucks have the ability to restructure a ton of contracts from Mike Evans to Shaq Barrett to Brady himself. I do wonder if we're going to see just new players, right? Instead of just let's get the the two deep back, uh, do they make a splash move at receiver? Do they make a splash move on the defensive side of the ball, perhaps on the defensive line? Uh, are, are they now all of a sudden in the market for, say, a Chandler Jones to play opposite Shaquille Barrett to go with uh, Joe Tryon Shoinka? I mean, th- I think it opens up a slightly different world for the Bucs where now it's like, all right, this could be Brady's legitimate last year. Let's push the money into, you know, into future caps and let's make another run for it, but maybe not with just bringing everybody back. But I think the biggest thing they need to do is to make sure that offensive line remains good, right? Yeah, that offensive line, it was already a very good unit, kind of four out of the five guys uh, before Brady arrived. And then the last piece of the puzzle fit into place when they nailed Tristan Wirfs in the draft in the first round after Brady had arrived. Since then, that's been arguably the best offensive line in the NFL in terms of a starting five. They've been very um, durable together, consistent. It hasn't had a lot of chopping and changing. There have been a couple of guys miss a game or two here or there through injury, but otherwise it's been the same five guys for two straight years. All of a sudden, on paper, three out of those five, the entire interior, are not coming back next year. Now, I don't know if Brady changes that dynamic, but... Either Brady convinces some of those guys to come back or Brady convinces other people to come in place and make sure that that offensive line gets pieced back together because the one thing Brady doesn't want to see and nobody who wants to see Brady playing well wants to see is, like, what does a 45-year-old look like behind an offensive line that's suddenly hemorrhaging pressure up the middle? Like, that's that's not the way he wants to go out. He probably didn't want to go out the way he almost went out this time, which is, you know, not winning a Super Bowl but he certainly doesn't want to go out just consistently getting his ass kicked through, you know, an incredible amount of pressure coming right up the the middle of the offensive line all season long. Yeah, I completely agree. That's the top priority, right? I mean, they do have to to shore that up. You also don't, if you're the Bucs, you don't want to actually do what you did two years ago in the Super Bowl year. They went into the draft with two pretty glaring holes. You mentioned, hey, they had four-fifths of the offensive line. They went into the draft needing a right tackle. Nailed it. Tristan Wirfs. Beautiful. Great pick. They needed a starting safety. Nailed it. Second round. Antoine Winfield. He's been excellent as well. That doesn't happen all the time. Like, good on Jason Light. That's good drafting. Good drafting for need. Good drafting for uh, short-term needs and long-term needs. But if you're the Bucs, I don't think you want to go into the draft saying, yeah, we need a starting center or we need uh, whatever it might be, a a starting corner uh, in Carlton Davis. I think if you're the Bucs, you do want to try to handle – as much of those needs as possible down in free agency, whether it is re-signing your own, whether it is getting Ali Marpet coming out of retirement. Uh, but if they can at least get two starters on the offensive line, then it makes things a little bit easier, okay, if you go into the draft. Um, but 
but it is important now. And I think, you know, spotlight's back on the box because like you said, uh, 45 year old Tom Brady, he's had a good supporting cast as well in Tampa Bay receivers, offensive line. You want to get that as close to what they've had as possible to maximize the Super Bowl run. Yeah, that's a harder thing to achieve this year if they do leave themselves going into the draft needing that player to complete the offensive line because they're not picking as high, right? It was one thing when they did it a couple of years ago and they were picking reasonably high in the first round and you could at least have a rough idea of who was going to be there by the time your pick came up. Now you're picking, what, 10 more picks further down the draft and you don't know who's going to be there. You don't know if there's going to be the right position, the right spot available when your pick comes up to try and plan this whole thing out so on the one hand they've shown they're willing to do that in the recent past to to pick that one spot that does need to be completed for this offensive line on the other hand as you say generally speaking that's just not a good strategy putting yourself that committed to needing one specific spot coming out of the draft in the first couple of rounds but that's like that might be where where we are in terms of Tampa Bay the options that they have available to them there's certainly some holes on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to get younger on the defensive line, given all their free agent talent. The one question I'm interested in, the Bucks were at their best when they did have Antonio Brown in the mix, right? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. Chris Godwin's back on the franchise tag. He'll probably miss a little bit of the season, at least, with his uh, ACL injury. We'll see. Um, is there a third receiver? Do they try to maximize you know, that third receiver spot, like they did with the Antonio Brown move? They have guys like Cyril Grayson and Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. But is there an impact move to be made there just to make sure that you have another excellent trio? Again, assuming Gronk's back and assuming moves are made on the offensive line to get that back up to par. I'm so mad that I didn't put money on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl when Brady retired because I always you knew. thought it was pretty good. You knew he'd come back. I'm now 3-0 and this offseason, right? I thought Aaron Rodgers would go back to Green Bay. I thought Russell Wilson might actually get traded. And I thought that Tom Brady would end up playing in 2022. Um, All three of those things have come true, but I didn't put any money on the Bucs when when their odds, you know, lengthened out to oblivion once Brady actually officially retired. Yeah, you you nailed it. I think I uh, I bought into Brady retiring, so. We've done this already with Gronk, but what was the ruling on, is he, does his Hall of Fame clock reset? Who's that, with Brady? Yeah, Yeah, we got to, we got to restart again. Yeah, so I think what he was really doing is giving Big Ben his spotlight. So Big Ben can be a first ballot Hall of Famer five years from now. Of course. Unless, unless the NFL just like immediately puts Brady and Canton the following August, which maybe they should consider doing. Well, that's that's why uh, that's what I thought he should do is is will retire officially, right, to start the Hall of Fame clock, and then he can just quit once he actually becomes Hall of Fame eligible and walk right in there, walk straight walk. into Canton. So play four more years, and then year yeah. five, it's right in right into right. Canton. Straight right. into Canton. When he's 48 or whatever he's going to be. In fact, All right. Tom Brady's could, master he play, strategy. He could play the Hall of Fame game after getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. It would be yes. perfect. I mean, first guy to win a Super Bowl in his home stadium and all that. Like, you, could, you could continue to just change the game as he creeps creeps up toward 50. Anyway, Tom Brady's back, as are the Tampa Bay Bucks. It's the PFF NFL Daily.